Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. So, like a lot of the Northern Hemisphere, we've just had a big heat wave here in Massachusetts, and this essay was written in the middle of it. Fortunately, we're enjoying a few days of relief before the temperatures are expected to soar again. But even with heat advisories galore and waking up and it's already 76 degrees at 5.45 a.m., I'm trying to be outside in nature more these days because it does have a good effect on my mental health and my feeling of just general well-being. But on hot, wear-the-air days, I look for the shady side of the street and I walk deliberately into the spray of lawn sprinklers and I find myself just wishing to walk through the dark woods. So that's what I wrote about. Enjoy the show. On a morning of pitiless sunshine, I pass a stand of trees across the street from an elementary school in what was, once upon a time, a sheep farm. Not that long ago, either, there were sheep grazing there when I picked up Sonny, then age four, from his daycare. How dark and cool it looks under the trees, and how hard it is to see further than a few yards into that shade. For all I know, there could be a cottage containing a witch, a pig, a woodcutter, or three bowls of porridge cooling on a table. Once upon a time, I would tell Sonny the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. He loved that fairy tale, the voices, the motions, the house in the woods. He wished we had woods at the back of our home rather than a sapling and a chain-link fence. Goldilocks, which was originally called the Three Bears, arose from an oral tradition. It's easy to see why this story survived. The components are economical and easy to remember. Four characters, three activities, one setting. I loved performing it for Sonny, making my voice deep and growly for the papa bear, using a silly high voice for the baby bear, blowing on the oatmeal, collapsing the chair, jumping out the window. The earliest written versions date from the 1800s. There are usually three bears. There's always a wood. It's possible that the original Goldilocks was actually a fox, Scrapefoot, I love that name, who invaded the bear's castle. Eleanor Muir's handmade illustrated pamphlet of 1831 may be the first time the story was written down. Muir's intruder is an old woman, no name given. The three bears are friends and of approximately the same size. Instead of porridge, the bear's kitchen has three bowls of milk. While the bears are out for their walk, having left the door unlatched, because they are too naive and good-hearted to conceive of thieves, the woman lets herself in. She drinks the milk, makes a mess, takes a nap. This version has the most gruesome ending, and I kind of love it. The bears set her on fire, attempt to drown her, and ultimately impale her on the spire of St. Paul's Cathedral. I find it fascinating that the story ends in such an urban location, 
woods must have been much closer to St. Paul's than they are today. I was 10 when we moved to Richmond and were finally near something that could be called woods. Nothing you could get lost in, but still remote feeling and cool-ish on days when the temperature soared into the 90s. We built forts and clubhouses there in the summer. Sometimes we'd find other kids' forts, in which case, we being better brought up than Goldilocks, we would not scavenge or enter them. The poet Robert Southey published his version of the story in 1837. His bears are little, small, wee, medium-sized, and great, huge. The intruder is an unpleasant old woman who swears and finds fault with everything. She eats little, small, wee's porridge and then complains that the bowl is too small. There are no illustrations, but Southie uses different typefaces for each bear's dialogue. Great Huge speaks in bold, big, gothic type. And Little Small Wee speaks in tiny italics. At the denouement, the old woman escapes through a window. Southie implies that eventually she comes to a bad end, either by breaking her neck or being arrested for vagrancy. Just like me, Sonny was 10 when we moved to a house with a nearby wood, or at least more trees in the yard. By that time, we'd abandoned fairy tales and were deeply into Star Wars and Doctor Who. The yard had a little patch of trees that Sonny called the forest. It wasn't big enough for a fort or a cottage. That didn't stop me from worrying that he'd figure out a way to break his neck in there somehow. Authors kept tweaking the three bears. In 1850, Joseph Kundal turned the old woman into a girl with the name of Silverhair. This caught on, and Silverhair became Goldilocks eventually. The bears turned from friends to a family, first uh, a pair of siblings, uh, a trio of siblings, and then father, mother, and child. Sometimes Goldilocks repented and made amends, though mostly she just defenestrated herself and headed for home. As a blonde, I've occasionally been called Goldilocks in a kidding way. It's no compliment, in my opinion. Goldilocks is quite the brat. Most of the retellings emphasize her bad manners and fecklessness. She's supposed to be on an errand for her mom, not stealing food and breaking chairs. Now that I know she started out as a filthy-mouthed old woman, I should relate to her better. But I don't. She's horrible. Nobody blames the bears, not even after the cathedral thing. They're punctilious about manners and social niceties. The porridge is set out to cool because the bears know that it's impolite to blow on one's food, even the privacy of one's own cottage in the woods. Their floors are swept spotless. Wee Little's chair has been repaired. The beds have been remade. The bears pace wearily through the forest. Once upon a time, they left their door unlatched, but no more. Thanks so much for listening. There probably weren't any bears in those little woods near uh, my house, 
Although a lot of the um, estimated 5,000 black bears in Massachusetts seem to be um, open to emigrating in the general direction of Boston, which is near where I live, bears are smart. They figured out how to open car doors and patio doors. They remember when trash day is. They use tools, etc. So I wouldn't be too surprised to figure out um, or to learn that bears have figured out how to cook. Um, so I have, but I haven't ever actually seen a bear at anywhere outside of a zoo or or a TV or video. And because I'm a metaphorical chicken. Um, I hope never to. If I was a real chicken, I would really hope never to see a bear. Um, have you ever seen a bear? I would love to know um, if if you've ever encountered one and what you did um, to survive it. You can check out this podcast as a blog on my WordPress page. There's a link in the description box. If you'd like to support this show, that would be awesome. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>